Do people really want to see the Utah Jazz and the Milwaukee Bucks in an NBA final? I do. Helmets off is on. Hey, folks, welcome to another episode of Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell, your host here. Thank you for joining. Uh, love, love having you here. You know, go into all those social media sites. Uh, at the Helmets Off podcast on Facebook and at the Helmets Off show on Twitter. Like us, give us some feedback. Uh, in fact, you know, tell us, uh, ask questions. I'm certainly happy to answer those. Uh, I have, uh, well, I have uh, a lot to say about a lot of things. And today, got a fun show. Apparently, uh, people aren't happy that the potential of the Utah Jazz and the Milwaukee Bucks or anyone other than the it, it's kind of the Lakers and anyone else I guess is what people are complaining about and and now that the Lakers are out of the playoffs does anyone care in the NBA and heck yeah I care and I actually think this is the best thing that could potentially happen to the NBA uh, for the NBA and for all of its fans so We'll get into that. And then this, uh, this number two pick from BYU, Zach Wilson, apparently is, uh, <laughs> he is taking the town by storm. And of course he's being recognized standing ovations in Madison square garden. How cool is that? Uh, I remember a lot of other uh, New York jets quarterbacks who've been, been seen on the town. And uh, I, I hope this is, I hope this is a, uh, a sign of really good things to come. Uh, only time will tell, but uh, it, it appears the folks are falling in love with Zach Wilson uh, in New York. And if you can win over New York, baby, you can win over anywhere. And then there's this group of uh, rather talented free agents that have not been picked up by teams. And I'll chat a little bit about that in the final episode. Anyways, let's get to the uh, the Utah Jazz. Now I have to, I have to kind of give a disclaimer, I am a lifelong Utah Jazz fan. Uh, me and John Gleese are, are, uh, are Utah Jazz fans, so uh, good for us. And uh, uh, the Monty Python, uh, John. So uh, everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, but there are people out there in the world that are, that are talking, you know, like, hey, this is ridiculous that it potentially could be the Utah Jazz. Uh, you, you've got you've got the uh, LA Clippers who are getting close to elimination, and I think from the West, everyone thought it would be Clippers Lakers Western Conference Final, and that's probably not going to happen. Probably going to be the Utah Jazz and someone else, maybe the Phoenix Suns or or Denver. But uh, regardless, uh, someone out of the West other than LeBron James is going to happen, or Steph Curry, Golden State uh kind of thing kevin durant blah 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 and a lot of people just can't accept it think it's terrible and then in the east you've got possibly the milwaukee bucks you've got you've certainly got the nets i mean i i think the nets are the best team in the in the east if they can stay healthy and and stay consistent what you're finding what i think has been interesting this year is you have a lot of these teams take the lakers for example where they have their two superstars, uh, Anthony Davis and, and you have uh, LeBron James, but then they added a whole cast of new characters. They don't have quite the same 
makeup that they had a year ago when they won a championship in a bubble. And, and, and those, those teams have not had the ability to uh, mesh because uh, of injuries. And, and you can see that there's not this cohesion and there's not this uh, vetting process that happens throughout the year where you look at a team like Utah and they've really been in this vetting process now they've got this they've gone through this vetting process not this not just this season but last season and and before that uh the whole time Donovan Mitchell has been there this team has been seasoned and developed and vetted and prepared to handle uh the playoffs and and make a serious run in the playoffs so why is it um one why is it the folks don't like this happening and I and I don't I don't get it and um there's there's this thing that we just I don't know I guess we just feel like uh it's it's um un-American it's it's not cool to vote for or to really look at someone and go yeah that's a great team I mean I think of Golden State before they won a championship and I don't know that they were any different than a team like Utah where they had a lot of they they were they played great team basketball. I don't know that there was a superstar. They bought into defense first and pushing the ball down the court and early offense and and they won a championship. And then of course and and, and I mean Steph Curry, I don't think anyone said, Oh yeah, he's gonna be this just and he's been beyond I think anyone's expectation. And I don't think people thought he was gonna be bad, but I don't think they thought he was gonna be quite as amazing as he's as he's been. He was just He's really a player that came along as the NBA changed and evolved into more of a three-point shooting league. And he's been able to take advantage of that just phenomenally. But no one knew about him. No one knew about Golden State. No one knew about, I mean, Golden State had never really, really won anything. And so the first time that teams come through, and that's probably what's going to happen this year, you're going to have a new sheriff in town, so to speak. You're going to have a team that, that people aren't familiar with the faces. And, and when we're not familiar with the faces, we're not buying into, yeah, are they really that good? Are they good enough to win a championship? Where uh, you get, you know, you get a, a team like with LeBron or you get uh, Kevin Durant or, or some of these superstars and it's acceptable. Kawhi Leonard, like they've won championships and that's what they're supposed to do. And everyone else is just supposed to be subservient. And that's, that's not how sports evolves. And that's really what's happening here is you've got, you've got younger, newer talent. And the thing about Utah, which is going to be hard for people to uh, contemplate and embrace and accept is it's not just about a superstar with the jazz. They are a, they're a great team. They're great team chemistry. They're a deep team. They got a lot of guys that can score a lot of points and score 20 plus points a game. I mean, they've got they've got five or six guys on their team that can do that every night easily. So uh, it's a different concept than the star power that uh, that a lot of you know a lot of these teams are built around. The NBA designs things to sell its league on its stars. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what's going on in the NBA if you look at any media outlet. And just scroll through their, just go to their NBA topic and scroll through their first eight stories. LeBron James will be in all eight of those stories because that's what gets clicks. That's what people uh, dial into. And so 
you, you have this one side where the NBA goes, well, we're, we're trying to build this on stars, which they do. And it's worked marvel marvelously throughout the decades. I mean, you, you look at Michael Jordan and you look at Magic and Larry Bird and, and you look at, uh, you know, some of these great, great players that have come through, even, you know, even San Antonio. I mean, people were just like they had to win a lot of championships and a lot of people were not crazy about the Spurs winning because who they have. It's like, oh, Tim Duncan's boring. He shoots bank shots. He's like so fundamental and everyone wanted Flash and they wanted Michael Jordan and they wanted, you know, but but uh, uh, people who really love and appreciate basketball could appreciate what the Spurs uh, did. And really, it's kind of what the Utah Jazz are trying to accomplish uh, right now. Here's why I think it's so good. And I really do. You have, uh, and I hate the, I hate buying a team. I hate the super team. I hate the, let's go back to our AAU days and let's uh, recruit our team here and we'll go out and beat everyone. And it's like, well, no kidding. You're going to beat everyone when you recruit the very best players. And, and really what happens is a lot of people lose hope. I mean, this is how exciting is this for the Western Conference and really the Eastern Conference and the NBA to go, this is a season where anyone can win this. So you're going to have, you're going to have heated competitive uh, matches in, in the playoff through, through each of the rounds to the playoffs. And that's what you want. You want great basketball. You want, you want people to feel like they have a chance. In the past, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's really like watching college football where, where it's like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson every year. And everyone else, yeah, whatever. They're, everyone else is a pretender. And so all these programs, all these communities go, yeah, we're excited about our team, but we never really have a chance to really compete for a national championship. And when you have more people that got a shot, that makes it so much more exciting. The NFL has has created this bifurcated uh, process of um, parity and also star power. And if you can if you can create that in the NBA, oh my goodness, that is just that's like nirvana because you you get you get teams in smaller markets and you go great. We just want we want great basketball and we want a lot of teams competitive and. This whole tanking thing at the end of seasons and trying to wait to get the best lottery pick, that's not what people want. People want competition. People want the best to rise and find out who is the absolute best through this whole betting process of a season, of the playoffs. And, and at the end of the day, it's not like you just lucked out and won a game. You actually went through multiple series, four and, uh, and, and seven game series. And that absolutely proves who the champion is and whoever it is, that should be a great thing. And I just, I just think it's one of those transition years where the superstars might not be uh, the ones in charge. All right, get to take a break, come back. Uh, Zach Wilson, yep, the number two pick in the draft. He is uh, becoming the charming darling boy of New York City. Hey folks, welcome back. Helmets Off, Scott Mitchell here as your host. I've been the host for over five years now. Love doing this, uh, love our show, and thank you for uh, tuning in. Uh, apparently, Zach Wilson, the quarterback out of BYU, who is the second pick of the New York Jets, 
has really taken New York City by storm. And he's not been bashful about being out socially. And of course, if you go anywhere in New York and you're the Jets quarterback and you're the number two pick in the draft, the people there are going to pay attention. And this is the double-edged sword when you're some, someone like Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson can go to New York and, and really make something happen, have a great career and, and really be part of turning the Jets around, oh my goodness, Zach Wilson will be bigger than Joe Namath. I mean, really, I mean, uh, and he's got all of the makings. He has the looks, he has the charm, and, um, and he has the ability. Now, whether the rest follows, because he's, he's a part of an organization that's really floundered and really not been able to find itself. If you remember about 20 years ago, there was an organization that had floundered and hadn't found itself and had, had been to a Super Bowl didn't win it, actually got beat by the largest margin, I think, of anyone in a Super Bowl. And that was the New England Patriots against the Chicago Bears in 1985. And, and then they, something changed. They got the right coach, they got the right quarterback, and boom, things exploded. And they, and they probably got a new culture. Uh, they got the right owner, they got the right personnel people, and it just, it just really turned into something remarkable. So it can change organizations that have floundered never won can can win in the nfl and sometimes it takes a long long i mean the tampa bay buccaneers forever were terrible the new orleans saints forever were terrible the seattle seahawks were never a really good team and then and then things fortunes change now there's a couple teams my detroit lions still trying to figure that out but it can change it can happen and Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson being in New York, and, be, and, and, and I'm telling you, he will be a big deal if things change. Scary part to me is I've seen this story before. I've, I've seen the headlines of uh, Browning Nagel at the Mets game, and, and I've seen all these other quarterbacks out and about, and, you, you, and you've had some glamour. So, I mean, Mark Sanchez, you know, he's, he's got it all. And then you have a guy that's good, Chad Pennington, who I thought was, was a very good quarterback. His, his career gets shortened because of injury. Otherwise, I think he was a guy that was on pace to be a pretty good player for the, uh, the Jets. And, 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 and Vinny Testaverde had a, had a really nice, nice run with the, with the Jets for, for some years. And, and I think people forget that. They just do because the Jets just haven't consistently won. Uh, now, what, what does Zach Wilson have to do? I mean, what, what does he really have to do? He, like day one, is probably the worst or the best possible scenario for him. He's going on the road in the very first game he'll start in Carolina against the old New York Jets quarterback, Sam Darnold. If Sam Darnold beats up on the Jets and wins, it's just going to make things so much more difficult. And, and as we see, this is, this is the challenge. And, and I, you know, Zach Wilson's this outgoing, he has more confidence than there is daylight during the day. Uh, and, and, he, and that's a good thing, but it's also going to be a bad thing for him because he's going to get burned eventually on it. And, and, and people are going to go, you know, Zach, you need to spend less time in, in Madison Square Garden and more time on the football field. And, and they, everyone's going to love him today. But I, just, I tell you, start losing, and they will turn on you in what 
is known as a New York Minute. And they invented it and they, they turned sharply and they will be tough. So all of this praise and everyone's like, they're noticing him. They're going to do the same thing in reverse when things go poorly. And it will be magnified times 10 because this New York media is just ready. Like they're just so over the jets and they're just sick of how things are that it's just going to be like, yep, just another guy, just another guy, just to, just add him to the boneyard, add him to the list of, of people that we, um, you know, we, we basically are, uh, we've seen this story before. So I really hope, and it feels like maybe with um, the new coach, the new GM, the new quarterback, the new excitement, New York City could be maybe a fun place to watch here in the near future. We'll find out. All right, going to take another break, uh, come back. Which free agent that's not signed right now uh, is the biggest surprise? I'll tell you that when we come back. All right, welcome back, folks. Uh, a lot of really quality uh, free agents out there. Uh, really good linemen, of course, some really good DBs. Uh, Richard Sherman is, of course, leading the list. And you feel like Richard Sherman kind of finds a new team about every year. But he's one of those guys that literally you could plug him into a place like, let's just say, New Orleans or let's say Arizona and all of a sudden it just switches and changes that team and, and they become much better. Uh, so there, there are all these guys out there. And what, what you run into, and this is the sad part of the NFL, is, is these are really good pros. These are the kind of guys that a person like Bill Belichick would like to pick up. They know how to play the game of football. They still have three or four years of really good football left in them and they're, they're cast offs. It's not working with the team. And, and, and he's, and he's a master at finding these guys and pulling them out and plugging them into what works for him. And so the, and that's the unfortunate, the, well, the unfortunate thing is that, is that you have all these guys out there that are, uh, they're really good players, but they're, they're just a byproduct of the system because they're not quite that elite tier anymore that, that is highly demanding on the free agency market. So they sit. Now, the good part is they have the ability to sign with the team now, and there's still places, there's plenty of places, whether it's injury, whether it's upgrading, whether it's uh, adding depth, uh, a lot of these guys will fit in and they'll figure, you know, it's, it's a salary cap issue. You know, where, where do they fit in, in the, in the salary cap situation? I think the biggest free agent, and, and he's probably not a free agent. So I don't, I don't I'm going to term him that, uh, that's not on this list is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I just, I really think that Aaron Rodgers is going to end up in some form or fashion forcing himself out of Green Bay in so, some way, whether, whether he sits this year, whether he gets fined a bazillion dollars, I don't know. He's just that strong-willed, stubborn person that's willing to stand on certain principles. He doesn't care. He's like, I'm, I'm going to stand, I'm going to stand on this wall. I'm going to die on the sword kind of mindset. And, and I think he's the biggest name out there 
that's not signed with someone yet. I know he doesn't show up on the list because he's not a free agent. And of course, if he was a free agent, he'd probably be way gone by now. But this is about the time of year when um, these teams can, you know, that they can still make a run for someone like, like Aaron Rodgers. So don't be too surprised if you see someone like Aaron Rodgers ending up on a team. And, and uh, so, some, of these, some of these names of these guys, they're not the most well-known guys in, in the league, but they're, they're, certainly, um, they're certainly players that uh, when they're added to a team, like let's take Todd Gurley, for example. Todd Gurley is still out there. And a few years ago, Todd Gurley was just, I mean, he was, he was a tremendous player. And he still, I think he still has great, uh, great, you know, skills and ability. And he's a guy, if you think of like Leonard Fournette, where he was in Jacksonville and, and, and he got cast off late to uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think you put Todd Gurley on one of these teams, like a, like a Richard Sherman, who's still out there, then it makes, it makes a lot of sense um, that he, he might be a guy that you go, man, that was, set, that was such a great move. And there's, there's a lot of these guys out there, and this is, this is where these really good GMs and these really good teams can make something happen is by picking up one of those great players. I will, um, we're going to make a great move here, and we're going to say that Helmets Off is now off. Thank you for joining us. Um, you can, of course, find us on Facebook at the Helmets Off Podcast, Twitter at the Helmets Off Show. And until then, we will see you next time.